0: Some days are just plain tiring. Of course, we know that sleep is important to keeping your energy levels up along with a healthy diet and exercise. But did you know that you need more than one kind of rest? And getting the wrong type of rest won't make up for what you actually need. So knowing where you're depleted and then refilling your batteries with the appropriate activities, not just more sleep, will ensure that you always have the energy you need to do your best. Today's guest is Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith, Dr. Sandra is a board-certified internal medicine physician and work-life integration researcher. She is the founder of Restorasis, a professional development agency dedicated to restoring well-being in the workplace through its proprietary framework to help companies support their employees with work-life integration and burnout prevention. Dr. Sandra and I talk about the seven types of depletion and rest, what we can do to assess the type of rest that we need, how to talk to our team members about helping them rejuvenate and so much more. Now here's the conversation. Are you a manager, boss, or team leader who aspires to level up and unleash your team's full potential? You're listening to the Modern Manager Podcast, and I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. Each week, I explore effective strategies and provide actionable insights that supercharge your management abilities, optimize team performance, and foster a healthy workplace culture. Become a rockstar manager and help your team thrive at themodernmanager.com slash more. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Sandra. I'm super psyched to talk about this topic because I feel like I've talked about burnout a number of times, but we've never actually talked about the thing, the self-care part of actually you know, doing the work, the self-care work. And I feel like your seven components of rest are really so insightful, and I'm really excited for you to explain them to us today. So thanks for joining me. Thank
1: you so much for the invite.
0: Maybe you can start with a high-level overview of what is rest in your mind, and how is it generally just about more than sleep?
1: I think that's a great place to start because that's the confusion most of us have. Rest is, the first thing we have to understand is rest is not simply about cessation activities. It's not just about stopping. And I think that's what we tend to assume it is. But really rest is about restorative practices. What are the things we do that pour back into our places of deficit? So we're using energy and all the different activities and all the different ways that we use our gifts and talents. There should also be a way that we are restoring and refilling those same energy wells that we're using. And so I think with sleep, we oftentimes use the word sleep and rest interchangeably and in doing so, we omit these other types of rest that I talk about when I mention the seven areas, sleep is only one part of physical rest. And so if we're putting all of our attention and just getting more sleep as the way we're going to restore ourselves, we're not looking at the other types that cannot even be touched with sleep, things like social rest or emotional rest or creative rest. You can sleep all day and you're not going to in any way improve those areas this makes
0: so much sense because I've definitely gone on vacation and come home and not actually felt like I was rested at all because I only got a part of that rest. Like maybe I slept a lot because we were on vacation, but that didn't necessarily fill and be rejuvenating. Or maybe we were super active and so I didn't get enough sleep or something else. But it feels so obvious that There are so many ways when you think through this lens of rejuvenation that it is or restorative practices that it's not just about taking a break or going to sleep or laying on your couch and watching Netflix for five hours, (laughs) which also I've done that before and it's not so restful either. (laughs) So can you walk us through each of these different types of way that we spend our energy and then what we can do to be more restful and when we need those breaks?
1: Yes. So the seven types, just to get them named, are physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, social, sensory, and creative. And so as we mentioned under physical, it has two different components. You have the passive components, which include things like sleeping and napping. And then you have active components of physical rest, which include things like yoga or Pilates or stretching or massage therapy or, you know, even down to the body ergonomics of your desk and your workstation. It's the things that improve your circulation, your lymphatics that improve your muscle uh, flexibility. So all of those things fall under the active component of physical rest. They're restorative but you're not laying still. They're not cessation activities. And then under mental rest, we uh, probably the best way to describe a mental rest deficit, uh, if you're someone who's struggling in this area, is if you've ever laid down to go to sleep at night and you can't get your head to shut up. You're thinking all the thoughts, you're processing, you have your to-do list and all the things you're running around in your your mental space. Well, that's what a mental rest deficit does. It causes kind of this mental congestion you you sometimes might find it difficult to recall information or even to concentrate you may find that your mind tends to wonder and can't focus or concentrate well and so if you're the person who does have that uh, kind of mental turmoil at night trying to go to sleep a simple way to get mental rest could be something like having a notepad at your bedside to jot down thoughts mindfulness type activities are also fall under mental rest they're, they're the theme that help clear your mind, that allows you to be able to focus your thoughts a lot better. And you know, meditative type processes—all of these fall under mental rest. Spiritual rest is different for each person, depending on their own spiritual journey. But at the core of it, regardless of your your religious beliefs, are the need we all have for a sense of belonging, a sense of purpose, a sense of appreciation that we're appreciated, that our life has meaning and value in some way. And so, this could look like being parts of some type of religious um, or faith based situation, or it can look like being part of something else where you are have community within a cause, or volunteerism, you know, within managers and people working in HR spaces, it could look like how do we appreciate our team? In a way where people feel like their their voices have value and their life and the work they do have value for the company, so lots of different ways that spiritual rest kind of presents itself. But at that very core is that life purpose component of it. Then we have emotional and social rest. Both of those deal with people. Emotional rest, looking at the uh, ability to authentically share our emotions. And taking into account that in most professional settings, whether you're in customer service or whether you're leading a team, there can be times where you are specifically having to carry a level of emotional labor because you can't really just say what's on your mind. Professionally, you know, if you're in customer service and you're dealing with someone who's just being a jerk, you can't say you're being a jerk. You know, you still have to suck it up, put the smile on your face and keep Giving good customer service well there 's an emotional stress that comes with that with that suppression of your true emotions, and so we have to recognize that all of us have moments when we are doing that to some level, and that we need to have opportunities in our life to authentically release our emotions, whether that 's with a therapist or a counselor or a coach or a pastor or a friend, you know you get to choose who your emotional rest people are. Or if you truly don't have anyone that you can do that with, we need to evaluate opportunities to get emotional rest, which can include anything from writing in a journal, writing your emotions there. Or for some of us, we get emotional rest by creative expression. So some people write poetry. And so that's how they authentically express their feelings or they throw paint against the wall. And that's how they (laughs) authentically express their feelings. But there needs to be that emotional release. And then social rest looks at the people that we have in our lives and whether or not they are pulling from our social energy or if they're life giving, if they're people who are affirmative and they are speaking back into our life, they are sharing things that uplift us and motivate us. The majority of us spend the maximum opportunities of our time with people who are negatively pulling from our social energy. They're people that need things from us, whether that's your family, your coworkers, your clients, whatever it is. And then we have to take a look at our lives and, and, and really evaluate who are the people in our lives who don't need anything from us, who are in our life and we just enjoy spending time with them. And unfortunately, a lot of the statistics show that adults have fewer adult friends now than ever. And that was a statistic before COVID. I I would hate to see what that statistic looks like now, you know, after the pandemic. But with that being the truth of the matter, you know, it, it really feeds into why we have such a loneliness epidemic right now, because we our social rest deficits have really escalated over the past few years. The final two types of rest are sensory rest, which looks at your sensory inputs in your life, everything from the sounds in your office space, you know, the phones ringing to the elevators, dinging to, you know, cash registers ringing or whatever the noises are in your environment, kids, if you're working from home, you know, talking in the other room to the bright lights, to the notifications on our phones, all of these things that add to our sensory overwhelm. And unfortunately, when we become sensory overwhelmed, our normal response is usually one of irritation, agitation, rage, or anger. And so a lot of people are just kind of chronically wound up. There's a reason that road rage happens more in the evening than in the morning. We're well past our sensory overload thresholds by the time five o'clock hits. And so we have to be aware of the sensory inputs in our environment and seek out some some opportunities to downgrade the sensory input, whether that's turning down some of the notifications on our phone, um, to taking moments where we just kind of step away from the computer during breaks in between Zoom meetings and just close our eyes and kind of block out some of the sensory input, to turning the, the lights down in our home, you know, the hour before going to bed to try to downgrade some of the sensory input, turning off the radio on the drive home, lots of different ways to start thinking about it. But we do need to understand that although we think we are tuning out some of those background noises and sounds and, and, you know, all of the stuff that's hitting our senses, your brain has to process it in order for it to be blocked out. In order for you to ignore it, it still has to be processed through your brain. So you're still using energy to be able to say it doesn't bother you. And so we have to realize that there's an effect on our on our bodies that happen with that. And then final is creative rest, which is really if if you're a person who has any type of problem solving as a part of your job, any type of innovation that's required, um, you're having to think outside of the box in any way or, or capacity. Uh, and I think all of us have some level of problem solving that we have to do even in our own personal lives, if if not in our jobs, that drains our creative energy. Problem solving is a creative process. And so creative rest evaluates beauty in in whatever form whether that's natural beauty or man-made beauty you know whether it's the ocean and the mountains or if it's art and theater and dance or music it lets us understand that that creative beauty is helping us actually feel back up our own inspiration well it gets our creative energy levels higher and helps us to stay in a place of high creativity and innovation simply because we are allowing ourselves th- to have that part of our depletion restored. Oh my gosh, I'm
0: imagining like for every single person in like the back of their brain, they have all these different like um, dials and like uh, lo- level level measures, like almost like a nuclear power plant might have. And that throughout the day, in the office place, we are experiencing or working from home. If you're working. You are having all of these different energies be drained at different rates, depending on what you're doing that day, who you're working with, what kind of environments you're in. And then at the end of the day, we kind of go home and we think, all right, I go to bed. And then everything, I start at 100% again. And that's not the case. I, I love the nuances <laughs> that of, of really being thoughtful about what do you need to do throughout the day or at the end of your night or the end of your day to help refill each of those separate measures so that we can really show up ready each morning and refreshed each morning for the day ahead. I'm wondering if you either yourself or with some of your clients have seen this transformation when you've started to be more thoughtful about the kinds of rest you need or the kinds of rejuvenation you need and how that's impacted you or any of your clients. Could you tell us a story about that? Hey there, Mamie here. Just a quick and exciting update for all of you who are enjoying the Modern Manager podcast. The Modern Manager membership community is getting a minor makeover and it is now called the Podcast Plus Membership. And you can sign up for it and join a community of managers determined to do better every day. You'll get full access to our Slack channel, sketch notes with key takeaways from each episode, all types of guest bonuses, and the members-only podcast, which is ad-free and has extended interviews. So you get to hear the answers to my juiciest questions without interruptions like this one. Sign up today for $15 per month at themodernmanager.com slash more. Can't wait to see you there.
1: Yes. Well, that's, that's, the part of my job I think that I love, my background is in internal medicine, my board certified internal medicine physician. So I started off with clinical practice and then I personally burned out and I burned out in a profession that I had no intention of getting out of. So it was a matter of how do you stay in a profession that you know is stressful um, as a high achiever, wanting to do well in it, not just show up every day. What I learned from that, I was able to then take that not just back into other healthcare facilities, which I love doing is over the past five years have had the pleasure of working with companies from international tech companies to um, agricultural companies to educational companies and what we're seeing consistently in our work with them as we work with their HR department specifically with wellness initiatives and introducing this concept of the seven types of rest implemented within the culture of a company where we understand that you don't have to go on vacation or add more you know days off or sabbaticals, but you're actually teaching people how to integrate restorative practices in the middle of their busy day, in their current life situation without adding to it. What we're finding is people improve their personal lives just as much as their professional lives. Because when you're drained, most of us we try to give our best at work, but, you know, absenteeism is at its highest. <laughs> There's a lot of behinds and chairs that aren't really doing great work. And so we, we see a lot of people who are showing up and they may even be passionate about the cause of the reason that they're doing the work, but they don't have the energy To actually do it. And so that's what we're finding more so within the companies that we're working with, a decrease in employee turnover, an increase in employee satisfaction, managers who understand that empathy training and communication training actually is a part of how they can actually help their teams improve with social rest within the office. Because a lot of us don't, we leave not because necessarily our manager's horrific, but our manager doesn't understand the value of appreciation. And so they never say job well done. They just are constantly telling you whatever you did wrong. And so there's so many kind of small tweaks just to the understanding of how we each respond to our rest needs that it's just been amazing. You know, as a, as a physician, I was kind of really focused on the chronic stress level aspect of rest and how it affects our overall health and, you know, Decrease blood pressures, increase sleep latency, and how long people stay down and the depth of rest that it's sleep that they're experiencing. But I'm loving the other aspect of the work that we're now doing with these organizations, because it's changing lives and it's changing cultures in a way that actually helps people personally and professionally.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. And yes, more managers need to say, thank you. Great job. This is what you did super well like that. Yes. We, we should all just do more of that. I'm curious with, you know, I'm thinking about myself for a minute here that like sometimes when I feel like stressed or or tired or burned out, like it's not always easy to pinpoint why, right? Like the general why of like, I'm doing too much. I have too many things going on. I've just like, my schedule is nuts and I just, I can't do all of it. There's like just too many moving parts and I'm, I'm overwhelmed and my brain is like, ah, but I'm guessing that that doesn't always equate to, okay, so you need a mental rest. You know, is it, are there cues we can look for? Are there ways that we can help ourselves figure out what kind of break do I need? What kind of activity that do I need to help me get the right type of rest or restorative practice so that I'm not, you know, trying to fix a social thing with a you know, creative solution.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. That, that was probably the number one question we received from individuals as we started working with them. Some people are very intuitive. They, they kind of understand where they're using energy. They can, they can see. I, you know, I sat down with a client. It was emotional. I used a lot of social and emotional energy. I didn't do anything to, you know, to pour back into that bucket. But for most of us, it's not really something we've ever thought about. We don't really reflect on. We just know we're tired and that's all we can kind of focus our attention on. That's the reason we actually came up with the REST assessment that we have at restquiz.com to help people be able to, okay, we now you know that there are seven places you can become depleted. Let's narrow your attention down to the one or two places where you're actually the most depleted. And so that's what they receive after they take the assessment at restquiz.com, it's a score in all seven areas. And we recommend people begin with the area of greatest deficit. Once you start pouring back into that area, you automatically start feeling better because it because the one that was the most depleted is now starting to get improved. You start feeling better and then you can start looking at some of these other areas and adding kind of stepwise some different some different restorative practices. You know, I think the best thing about some of these restorative practices is some of them are a one-time fix. You know, if you if you're someone who's under five five and your legs are always swelling and you're you're like, why am I getting these varicose veins? Uh, you know, under my le- the back of my thighs. And you realize that, okay, I'm in a chair made for someone much taller than me. And you put the little kind of foot raise up under your desk. That's a one-time fix. That's a physical rest restorative practice that completely improves that problem. You take the compression off the back of your legs. You've solved the issue. One change a lifetime of no varicose veins, (laughs) you know, so some of these practices are very simple things that you can do that are one time. And some of them are things you can just integrate into your, your current habits. And so we always love to combine a restorative practice with a habit you're already doing, because then it becomes so such a natural part of your day, you don't really feel like it's extra work.
0: Yeah, I, I do the exact same thing. I started a gratitude practice. A while ago where every time I pour a new cup of coffee, I think about one thing I'm grateful for. And it's just like, it, it almost feels like the spiritual renewal rejuvenation piece for me of just like connecting with the thing that's bigger than me and that like I'm very lucky to be alive today, right? And whatever else is happening in my world, there's always something I can be grateful for. So I, I love that matching. Going back to the quiz, I love that people have a place to go now that they can they can learn a little more about themselves and get some guidance. Have you found that most people tend to have one area that is kind of the thing they struggle with most? Or is it very day by day, week by week, season by season based on what's going on in your work? Are we kind of wired to have one area of struggle or are we kind of all over the place just depending
1: it really depends on a person's lifestyle is what we're finding is the biggest factor. There are some seasonal related changes that we've noticed specifically. And I say seasonal, I should probably say situational is a better term. Uh, for example, we've had the study now, I think we've been doing it for at least six years. And the when we first put it out, mental rest deficits was always number one for a long time. Everybody's mind is overloaded, uh, in part, probably because we are all trained to be multitaskers however when the pandemic happened there was a sharp increase and for the first time that sensory rest deficits rose to the top and stayed at the top for at least three months kind of those full three months where we were all locked up in our homes for forever and and it made sense all of a sudden everybody was doing everything remotely through you know computers and phones. And so we went from jobs that even if you just look at medicine, I spent most of my time in front of people not behind a screen. And so most of us that became our life for those couple of months. And we could tell that something happened. We started coming up with terms like zoom fatigue, and all of these things. Because our we could tell something is wrong with us. We don't feel, you know. It's interesting that most of us would have said, "If I could have a job where I could stay in my pajamas and work from home, that'll be the life." And then it's like it happened, and we're like, "Get me out of here! This is, <laughs> this is this is horrific." Um, and I think that's the thing. It, it really is very situational.
0: Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense, and I can imagine too that, right? For different people, right? We have different. Natural tendencies and capacities. I'm thinking about someone I know who's a pretty extreme introvert. And I can imagine that the social side of energy is probably really different for her than it is for me, where I'm like, put me in as many meetings as possible all day long. And, you know, and for her, it's like, oh my gosh, I have another meeting. Oh, I have to like prepare myself and gear myself up for it. So I can see how, yeah, different people and different contacts really make a huge difference
1: that's a great point however you just mentioned about introverts and extroverts because there are some real changes in how how they use the different types of rest so that's a great point
0: yeah are there other factors that you've seen that that play into it anything else that comes to mind
1: we've seen quite consistently that emotional rest tends to be higher and uh, deficits I should say tend to be higher in women than men but oftentimes I'm I'm asked is it a, a a significant difference. And honestly, it isn't. Um, we do see an increase. However, it's also one that one of the top ones for most men. So, you know, I, I think the misconception is that, well, women are just more emotional. So they're, they're definitely, you know, going to have the emotional rest deficit. But we're finding that there are a lot of men who experience the professional emotional labor that I discussed earlier. And so they tend to have quite a high level of emotional rest deficit as well.
0: Interesting. Yeah, that's definitely a surprising one. All right, let's shift gears here before we run out of time and talk about this now as a manager thinking about your team members. So if you are noticing that someone is maybe not showing up with their full level of energy that you might expect or you've seen from them in the past and you're maybe worried about them from a burnout, overworked, stressed, you know, kind of perspective, How do you suggest that we talk to our colleagues to help ensure that they are getting the right type of rest or doing the right kind of
1: practices to serve them the best? Well, what you don't do is tell them they looked burned out because that that doesn't tend to go over well when you tell someone they looked burned out. Um, What we found works really well is modeling it. And so um, some companies, what we've had to, ways we've had to kind of begin this process of integrating personal workplace well-being within an organization is by specifically first training the leaders and the managers of how do we incorporate restorative practices, even in how you lead. And so we start off with things like when you're conducting a meeting, if we're talking about mental well-being, do you offer opportunities for your team to be able to share Uh, around something you know that is challenging for them for example if there's a change that's coming into an organization and you've heard the chatter you know and you've heard the moaning about whatever the change is oftentimes the tendency is to well we're just going to push through i'm not going to really bring it up or focus on it but there's actually more mental kind of mental and emotional rest if i should say emotional rest if you let someone actually voice Give voice to what they're feeling. For so, for example, something along the lines of. I know this is challenging. I know that this is a change that is going to require some some growth from all of us. You can use positive, affirmative language, but give voice to the fact that you see they're in the stretch. You know, when we talk about stress management, I don't really believe that that exists. I think stress management makes us believe that we can kind of give and take what stress we want. That's just not the reality in most businesses. Stress is change and challenge. It it happens to us all. The real thing you can manage is the response, the restorative process that comes after the change and the challenge. And so giving people tools and modeling those tools, helping them understand kind of resilience and change management, not just kind of theoretically, but practically. And I think that's sometimes the disconnect we're seeing in some of the well-being programs when we evaluate them. It's like you you are telling people what they should do, but they need to know practically how to do it. Because when you put the onus on your team to come up with the solution, they're already stressed. They don't then want to try to figure out, well, how do I get mental rest? Give some very specifics. okay. When you're having this particular situation happen, I'm going to recommend you do this specific thing. And then they can, you can give two or three examples and then they can use whichever example is most in alignment with their own personalities, belief systems, and all those other things.
0: Yes. I love when managers are thought partners with their colleagues and they can give suggestions and ideas and say, this is what I'm seeing, or this is what's worked for me. Here are some ideas for you to consider and really help our team members find the right solution as opposed to being like, it's on you now. Here's the problem. Go fix it. <laughs> Go figure out how to. And you're like, but I'm already overwhelmed. I can't add one more thing I have to do to my plate.
1: And that's what we see more of. It's the, you need to find ways to rest and to get your, you know, your self-care in. And it's like, Thanks. You know, (laughs) what am I supposed to do with that? (laughs) Exactly. I would love to do more self-care. Are you gonna give me more time off to do it? Like what am I supposed
0: to do with that? Yeah. And so these ideas and the suggestions you've made have been really, really, really helpful. I think for all of us to be able to have those conversations with our colleagues about the different types of rest that they might need or that we might need. I'm thinking about another manager I know. And he also found meetings really stressful. And so he just told his team members, he's like, please don't come talk to me 15 minutes after a meeting because I need to like reset myself. So if you talk to me, then I'm not going to be like in my right mind. I'm not going to have my best thinking. I'm not going to be like emotionally ready to engage with you. So I feel like being able to say to our colleagues, you know, what we need also is so powerful.
1: Yes. Modeling it goes a long way.
0: Dr. Sandra, can you tell us about a great manager that you worked for and what made this person such a fantastic boss?
1: I think the best manager I've ever worked for was before I ever got into medical school when I was doing kind of one of those hot trying to make ends meet job at a, a store that I was working at. And what made this manager so fantastic was that she specifically would ask me about me. It wasn't just all about the job. She was, cons- I was a student obviously at the time and she would remember things like, oh, hey, how was that chemistry test? Or "Or how did you do on that physics exam? Or, you know, it was those kind of things because it took it out of just being about work and it was about a person. It was another person caring about me as a person. And I think as a manager and as an employee, I wanted to do well for this person because I counted them as someone who, who cared about me.
0: Love that. And where can people learn more about you and keep up with your work?
1: The best way to get in touch with me is at my website at drdaltonsmith.com. It's just D-R-D-A-L-T-O-N smith.com. And then I highly recommend if you are struggling with any way with burnout to take the free assessment at restquiz.com. I think it provides a lot of just personal insight and some first steps on how to begin.
0: Fabulous. Well, thank you again. I am so excited to now go off and implement some of these practices for myself. So, thank you for uh, for sharing all your wisdom today.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me.
0: One member of Podcast Plus will receive a copy of Dr. Sandra's best-selling book, Sacred Rest. Recover your life, renew your energy, restore your sanity. The winner will be able to choose either an ebook, audiobook, or paperback copy. But you must enter the drawing by December 4th. Members also get the extended interview where Dr. Sandra shares practical actions managers can take to incorporate each of these seven types of rest into the workplace. Plus, she shares how we can start out our day with the most energy. If you missed the masterclass I held on December 6th, it is not too late to view the recording where I share the Modern Manager framework and help you put it into action. Plus, you'll learn about the all-new Skills Accelerator, which you can join at 75% off for the first month. To get the recording and learn more about this special offer, go to themodernmanager.com slash masterclass. To get the extended interview along with the guest bonus and many more, become a member of Podcast Plus at themodernmanager.com slash more. All the links are in the show notes and they can be delivered to your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter. Find that at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time.